Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome back to Northern California's favorite wine country radio, where we play all the best and most eclectic hits. I'm Ted Williams, the guy with the golden voice, coming at you live from Napa County. You've just heard Ted Hawkins' 1982 classic, Bring It Home, Daddy, from the album Watch Your Step. And you know what? From one Ted to another, I think I will bring it on home, Mr. Hawkins. I've got to get out of here and go down to see Dave Chappelle and Blackstar headlining at the Blue Note Jazz Festival. We've been talking about it, and we've been giving away tickets, and now I have to go get in it. So without further ado, let's do just that. I hear they might even have a special guest today. Before they take the main stage, I'm going to check out Dave Yassine and Kwali on the festival grounds where they are doing their first ever taping of their show, The Midnight Miracle, live in front of a studio audience. With these guys all in one place, it's sure to be a miracle. No, we do have a guest. I, I, I don't know, you guys probably didn't know this, but this guy is one of my favorite comedians that ever lived. He's actually from Dayton, Ohio, which is near where I live. Please welcome the incomparable one and only Cat Williams to the Midnight Miracle. Thank you so much. Uh, just to bring you up to speed, his name is Amir. He's 11 years old. He doesn't drink. Uh, pretty tall for 11. We, we were just talking about the complications of art and commerce, which I know you're well-versed on. We've all been very successful in our careers. And of course, there are always things that people ask us to do that might compromise us artistically. But you've been very adept in your career, from what I can see, of staying very true to yourself. So the conversation is in that vein. And welcome, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, well, it cost me um, $200 million approximately to make the decisions that I made. But God showed me a lot of stuff on my walk. So even when I was... A teenager, he had let me touch a million dollars already. So I knew that you could have that and lose that and it not mean anything and you not have things to show for that. And uh, 
So I knew I was going to make it in Hollywood, and I knew what playground it was when I went in. So I just wanted to decide the things that I wasn't going to do. So, Well, give me, like, the broad strokes. What do you say going in? Well, okay, I'm not going to do this. Will, will First of all, let me guess. Of course, you're not going to suck somebody's dick. That wasn't even on the list. Right. <laughs> Sadly, I actually wrote that down on mine. It was number four. Mine was vir virgin asshole. I'm going to come in with one. I'm going to leave with one. It, it shall, I shall maintain my hymen. And, uh, and have. And have done so. I'm so proud. I, don't, I know it seems like nothing to you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a hell of a manifesto. Stay away from my hymen. So I wasn't going to introduce my uh, rectum to anything, and I wasn't going to put anything up my nose, and I wasn't going to sleep with white women no matter how wonderful they were. I'm out. <laughs> So now you have to understand that I had read like 1,700 biographies of black guys and their trips to Hollywood and, and all different um, boxers and basketball players wow. and comedians and actors. And I knew that these three things, get all these dudes. Like, if you bend over one time, Satan is just not faithful. He's not faithful. So he's only going to pay you one time. And now you belong to him and that's it. So I didn't want the one time. Bars. So that was the virgin asshole part. Um, cocaine, I never saw the party parts of that. I left home when I was 13. So I was around grown men that were in terrible positions and they were doctors and lawyers. And I'm talking to them like, what fucked your life like this? And that cocaine. And so I was like, oh. Yeah. Amir, you hear that? And he left the house when he was two years older than you. <laughs> but we were the same height. Yeah. <laughs> the two can make it work if he needs to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was that. And I had nothing against white ladies. I'm from Ohio, for crying out loud. But I wanted to be able to offer something to black women that was some sort of faithful, because I knew that monogamy is not part of my process. You gotta know yourself. <laughs> you gotta know yourself. <laughs> you gotta know yourself. So that was it. Didn't once the fake Dave Chappelle argue with the fake Cat Williams on Twitter? Well, yeah, what, what happened? <laughs> what happened was, okay, I tried to sign up on Twitter, and I put my name in it and said, this name is already in use. You can't use celebrity names. I'm like, it's odd. So I went to see who was using it, and it was a fake Dave Chappelle. This thing had, like, my pictures and everything. This is when Twitter was brand new. And I thought, you know, I got to put a stop to this. But then I started reading this thing's tweets, and they were hilarious. <laughs> So I figured, you know, this will work out. I don't got to pay this guy or nothing. And I'll be getting this good comedy reputation. And every morning I wake up and get some coffee and, and just check in on Twitter and see what this fake Dave Chappelle fellow was up to. Funny stuff every morning, but then he goes rogue. He starts, like, attacking celebrities that are friends of mine. And of all these celebrities, Cat Williams. Well, Cat Williams wasn't having that shit. So Cat and fake Dave Chappelle start going in on it. And, and the problem was that Cat Williams was saying things to fake Dave Chappelle that was hurting real Dave Chappelle's feelings. Here's the asterisk of the story. Right, right. I finally, I catch up. I catch up with Cat in L.A. Do you remember this? And I'm like, Cat, I'm like, Cat, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, of course. And I go, away from Shook. <laughs> And then me and Kat walk off in the corner and go, look, nigga, I, go, I just want you to know I've never had a Twitter account. Kat's like, so the fuck what? 
I've never had a Twitter account either. I said, what? I was like, what? I still don't have a Twitter account. <laughs> it turns out it was a fake Dave Chappelle and a fake Cat Williams. But Cat's fake was funnier than my fake. They were great. They're great fakes. That's a real story. You're the best storyteller. Dave, let me ask you this. This is a picture that I saw recently. Uh, it was you, Kevin Hart, and Chris Rock with the goat on the stage. That happened. <laughs> It was funny as fuck. You know, Chris been going through it ever since Will. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> let, let me put that in context. You know what I saw on YouTube recently? What? This episode of Most Dangerous Roads. Okay? It's one of my favorite shows in the world. Whenever you feel like you have one of these first world problems, my hot water won't stay on. Watch World's Most Dangerous Roads and check out the episode in Somaliland. You know what Somaliland is? No. No, of course you don't, because it's, <laughs> it's not recognized as a country by any country on earth. They wanted to have their independence from Somalia, and Somalia was like, great, bounce. Good luck with that. <laughs> so they're their own country. <laughs> they're their own country, but everybody's like, look away, because you're not a country. <laughs> you're a country only to yourself. <laughs> I bet you got a house there. That's right. the start. <laughs> so... Right, so check it out. There's a guy, I can't remember his name, but his job in World's Most Dangerous Roads is to drive a truck, right, with actual goods and services on there, right? TVs, everything for people in Ethiopia and Somalia to watch. He's got to drive it through the desert of Somaliland. Where it's so hot that nobody sweats because by the time the sweat forms on your body, it evaporates. Jeez. Right? And then at night, it's, well, dark. It's a crazy place. <laughs> <laughs> it's dark at night in the desert, right? As you would expect it to be, but it's desert dark because he's got a truck full of things, right? The sand gets soft, it gets cold, and you can get stuck there sometimes for weeks waiting for somebody to come help you get out of the soft desert dirt in Somaliland. Uh, also, by the way, it's an active minefield <laughs> because it was the former <laughs> war-torn country, so Chris Rock will be fine. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If somebody is the GOAT, then that means that everybody after them is basically like what the underling, Are you asking minion? if everybody it, is it, the GOAT? It, it's, it's the GOAT shit is like the Richard Pryor mile marker. Everything before it is obsolete and everything after it bears its mark. No, nah, at this point, the GOAT shit is like Netflix specials for comedians. How you mean? Well, if everyone has one, it, is it special? Oh, that's a good question that I can't answer because I'm under contract. <laughs> I can answer. I'm restructuring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kat, you take that one. You know, there was a law that I read in 1800s New York that it was illegal for more than three black men to be in a public assembly. It was considered a conspiracy. It's a gang. Yeah. And then after gang. the exonerated five, I remember they made it illegal for young black men to be in groups of more than five. More they than call five. It going wilding. Right. So this whole notion is like there's only one chief and a bunch of Indians is really boring to me. And it, it doesn't really exist, but it's applied to us so heavily. It's like the greatest rapper of all time, the greatest comedian of all time. Who do you like? LeBron or Jordan, blah, 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 blah. We're always putting these Mandingo tournaments. Well, somebody else all right, is but, always but staging. But to be fair, but to be fair, the phrase "the goat" was coined by Muhammad Ali. He referred to himself, "I am the greatest of all time," which ultimately many would concede he was. This was a metric that was unheard of before him, and the brazen. Right, but he was—he's became the greatest of all time because of who he was as a man. But whatever it was, he said it before the rest of the world agreed with him. The, one right. of the, one he of said the, it is a sales tactic, and I don't think that no, he... No, no, he meant it. Look, a there's a book. There's Just a, to sell the fights. Well, yeah, he did, but... I, He's but the product. He, he meant it, bro. Listen, there's a book I read years ago called The Ali Reader, and the book was basically every bad thing that the media said about him about him when he wouldn't take that step for Vietnam. It was like, when you read it, the book is like this fucking thick of yeah. just fucking one slander after another. I know exactly what it's like. And reading that book helped me get through all the bullshit that I went through. I saw how this shit is weather. As I'm reading the book, I know that they're talking shit about a guy that was absolutely right, and they ultimately conceded that he was. And yet, the United States government, as Dick Gregory said, leaned their entire weight 25-year-old kid. They deprive him of fighting in the prime of his career. And as good as he is, we'll never get to see the best work that he had inside of him because they wouldn't allow him to do it. And it was also brazen to say that about yourself in real time as you were making the legacy that you'll be remembered for. Like, trust me, I'm working on something. And when you see when it's finished, you will agree. I am the greatest 
of all time. It's very inspiring. In fact, they made Muhammad Ali testify in front of Congress because they thought he was cheating, because he had the ability to call the round that he would knock someone out in. He explained to them this is a matter of knowledge and conditioning that I know. I'm, I fight 12 rounds, and this guy trains for five. Well, this guy knocks him out in three. He can't go. If I can get through the first three rounds, he's going to get tired, and I'm going to fuck him up. It's that. It's a very remarkable thing that he did, and since then, in any genre, it's never been matched. Michael Jordan didn't have the goal to say he was the greatest of all time. LeBron never said it about himself, although it is said about him often. I hear what you're saying, and I can't disagree. You've said it before. It's not that you said you was the greatest of all time, but I've heard you acknowledge your acumen, and this, for a black man, is damn near culturally illegal. Okay, well, what I'll say is this. If people see something that's greater than me, I hope that they are reminded of the source of that greatness and all greatness, and that it's not for me to treat my gift like it's an achievement. That's what I right. do with my gift is the achievement. But even the ability to make those achievements is a gift in and of itself. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, and, and what I'll say is with something that's said in our tradition, whoever makes special claims about themselves or their relationship to themselves or to others is bearing false testament. One of the greatest MCs never said he was the greatest MC. Everybody else said that about him. I mean, John Coltrane never said it. Jimi Hendrix never said it. And I often thought that about Jimi Hendrix. I wonder but what... But Jimi Hendrix knew it. You want to know how I know he knew? Because that motherfucker's first show in London, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and all that motherfucker showed up. The Beatles had just released Sgt. Pepper. And Jimi Hendrix opened with a cover of Sgt. Pepper in front of him. Like, I just saw that recently. I am Sgt. Pepper, nigga. I will teach your band to play. <laughs> Niggas know. Niggas know. It takes a brazen kind of nigga to say, oh, yeah, I just did it. Boy, when you did it, you know. I tell you one other story. This is a Muhammad Ali story. Jeffrey Wright told me this story. And when they were doing Ali, he said they were in New York. And, you know, Ali at that point was the type of dude, he'd walk in a room and a whole room would just stand up and applaud. It was like that. <laughs> right. Uh, he said Great. they got in a taxi cab and people are like, you know, near tears and all of that. And Ali goes to Jeffrey, he goes, you see this face? It's the most famous face in the world. He said, Allah gave me that power. And the people who are best suited for leadership are the ones that don't want it. And the people who are best suited for greatness are the ones who are humbled in the face of their own greatness. The ones who are like, how me? How did this happen? It's not an issue of you practice more and whatever because, you know, my father used to say that people think Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan because he practices more and so on. So he said, you know, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. Because he's Michael Jordan. That's right. That's um, right. And there's so many things that go into making anybody great at anything that you can scarcely really take credit for yourself. You can take credit for certain aspects, but even those aspects, if you really, really are honest about them, are nurtured and supported by the efforts of people who, I mean, are far, far in the background, you know, uh, and who without them, somebody's your 3 a.m. in the morning call, and without that person... And without their support or their love or their encouragement or their criticism, 
you're not who you know yourself to be. And you're certainly not who others know you to be either. So, you know, tread lightly. We all walking in the same direction, you know, on different paths, but you know, all ends <laughs> this movie ends the same way for everybody. Whatever good that you can do here, then great. And if people can benefit from you and once you do, then great. But um the pound in your chest thing is uh even Ali had to come off of that at some point. Listen, listen, the warrior celebrates the battles he wins. But the biggest battle is with yourself. It's not that, with the that's the, correct. The, the but, within. That, but that battle is private. If you on the battlefield, you don't look at your opponent and be like, I'm insecure about things. <laughs> no. That's not it. And then you tell them all the dope shit you can do. I don't tell them nothing. All right, I say it for you. You one of the greatest rappers of all time. Well, I know. You one of the greatest rappers of all time. You one of the greatest comedians. Thank you. Of all time. Day, I, I have no I have no problem saying it to you guys. And, and I, I appreciate that. I really, really I, do. I sincerely mean it. But part of it, again, like Ali, it's not just what you rhyme in the mic. It's the choices you make. It's the art that you approach your life with. It's Kwali doing 200 plus dates and literally not stopping until your body breaks down. It's Cat Williams has taken a million fucking shots in the media and in show business. Every time I see him on the microphone, you wouldn't know that any of those things happened to him because this is what great men do consistently without complaining about it or crying about it. It's not that the shots don't hurt. It's none of that. It's just the price that you pay to get to be Cat Williams or Yasin Bey or Tyler Kweli. So now here we are in the height of American pretentiousness. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking wines and God bless it. Yeah, yeah. Fine, fine wines, fine wines. I'm having water. We, we have something that Napa's never seen before. Black audience. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You would be better suited putting your money on something that you do support. And you would be trying to convince someone else to abandon something that you don't. Just love what you love, because you will surely leave it. One of my favorite verses on that motherfucking, well, you got some bars with that TMT record. This verse you do where, where the bars don't rhyme, and I didn't notice till the fourth time I listened to it. Then I realized I've never heard anyone do an entire verse like that. And then I realized how effortlessly and fluently you did it because you were being true to something that's not a formula to sell records. Yassin was the first guy who was like, fuck albums. They were designed to sell record at an interval the music's not naturally produced that. Please say that again. They were designed to sell record at an interval. The music's not naturally produced that. These are the types of conversations that we have personally. This intersection of art and commerce is something that all four of us, I think, wrestle with on a regular no, basis. They're, they're wrestling with us. Well, right. Because the kings change, the ministers change, the facts are in flux, the truth is unchanged. And when they review ancient civilizations and cultures, one of the first things that they review is what was the art? What endured from the artistic expression? The Confederate money you can't spend anywhere anymore. It's not even in circulation, but the Confederate art made in that era 
even if it's uh contravenes your perspective on humanity and etc is a currency unto itself because it's a mark of a certain historical era and it becomes a, like an educational tool all it is you know picking any advertisements or all of the, those things that they have artistic value and a currency into themselves because they're educational and many of them have an artistic merit unto themselves even in their racist or narrow point of view so I'm saying all that to say as I said before art is the thing that people forget they need until they need it right and if you live in a society that reduces everything to a transaction then there's no beauty there's no life is amazing and full of miracles it's just like you pay me you owe me and you pay me you owe me is one element of life but it's not the sum total of being a human being and it's terrible to pretend to be something that you are not it's worse to pretend to not be something that you actually are and no matter how you you know shake it out we are human beings we are not machines if we try to turn ourselves into machines we end up giving up something that we really really need and if we give it away too fast you might not be able to get it back so you got to be very careful with that thing and it's a lot of things that people say oh, you know you trade me this I get you too but it's a high price small reward sometimes it's a high price no reward sometimes you get the reward thinking it was a reward and you find out man it's just an empty box of cracker jacks so just be careful in these streets man I mean we've seen a lot of things happen I've, you know we had a lot of examples of power prestige and influence control and so on and so on and so on um Keep your heart, three stacks. Keep your heart. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yo, I want to thank everybody for coming to the Midnight Miracle tonight. I would stay up here all night, but we got a jazz festival to knock out. Thank you. Make some noise. Yasin Bey, Tyler Kweli, the mighty Ken Williams, and of course, the young man.
Welcome back. I'm Ted Williams, your guy with the golden pipes, and wow, just wow. I can't believe these guys just talk like that. Can you believe all that happened in one show? I, for one, am definitely going the next time the Midnight Miracle happens live by me. Speaking of the Midnight Miracle, Dave, Quali, and Yasin are heading back to Ohio, where it all started for some much-needed us time. Good things seem to happen every time they get together. They're home just for a couple of days before going back on tour overseas. And they've invited me along. So tune in next time to hear what miracles come to light.